Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, inviting you to try their Pick'em game. Pick between two to five players and just select whether to go higher or lower on a given stat. Go to underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with promo code 1010XL. That's Underdog Fantasy. Use code 1010XL. Game day is underway. This is the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Live from Tailgaters Parking, here are your hosts, Mia O'Brien and Tom McManus. All right, Jacksonville, plain and simple. This is our house. This is our field. This Sunday night football. No more messing around. No more L's. No more complaining about injuries. We got right now and right now only. It's time for Jacksonville to rise up in the spotlight once and for all. Now let's go! Now, are you ready to get down to business? It's time! For the first time since 2008, the Jacksonville Jaguars are set to host a Sunday night football game on NBC right here at Everbank Stadium. Hello, everyone from Tailgaters Parking and Growler's Bar and Grill. Mia O'Brien alongside the illustrious Hayes Carlion, as well as our engineer extraordinaire Graham Marsh, with Casey Dobson holding down the fort back at 1010XL World Headquarters. The Jags and the Ravens set to kick off at 820 local here in Duval County as the wind blows behind us, boys. It feels like the rain has left. Uh, evidently, we thought the wind had too, but that may be picking up as we had inch closer to game time. I, I will say, thankfully, the storm seems like it's passed. The wind is going to be really, really important tonight, and, and who can play through it the best? I think it actually favors the Jaguars. Uh, I just think Trevor's got more of an arm than, than Lamar, so it, that's going to be interesting to see. The ground games are going to be paramount if these conditions hold or get worse, and I think the wind is supposed to be here throughout. So, again, I think the field will be in great shape. Uh, I don't think we'll have to deal with a lot of rain during the game, but the wind – that really makes it difficult in terms of throwing the ball. So a Jaguars running game that really has been lackluster lately is going to have to get cranked up tonight to win what is the showcase game uh, this week in the NFL. We had to begin with the weather update because if you are watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, we needed to give the disclaimer of why the camera may be moving around a little bit. We definitely are experiencing a wind tunnel of sorts here at Tailgaters Parking and Growlers Bar and Grill. Be sure to stop by and say hi as we are with you until 5 p.m. right here on the Superstation 1010XL. As you alluded to, Hayes, the number one seed as of this writing in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens, come to town to face the current number four seed if the playoffs were to end today, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's wild to think where we were two weeks ago tomorrow sitting here in this exact spot, literally at Tailgaters Parking, when the Jaguars had an opportunity to move to the one seed. Now all of a sudden they find themselves just hoping and trying to cling as much as they can to that division lead in the AFC South. That's the thing, Mia. The, sh the focus has really shifted to just defend the title in the AFC South. Indianapolis is showing about as much resolve and grit as any team in the league. They're incredibly beat up but they take advantage of a Steelers team that all of a sudden is the worst team in football and, uh, and get a big win yesterday to, to keep the pressure on. It looks like the Titans are in control against Houston right now. We'll keep you updated on that. But they were down 10 at the half. So the Texans aren't handling the attrition. Like the Jaguars haven't really handled attrition well the last two weeks. But the Jaguars are going to have to handle it today. Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, we know we're out. 
they won't play. But the Jaguars are getting some key players back. They are indeed. We will hit that fair and fair injury report in just a second, but we will uh, give you a, a little prelude to it, which comes, of course, along the offensive line, which I think is what you're alluding to, Hayes. Um, it is expected, although they are listed as questionable, that Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland could go tonight in some capacity, which obviously will be a big boost for a Jaguars team that, while I think in pass pro, looked actually okay with its fourth-string left tackle, Blake Hans out there, and its third left guard in Ezra Cleveland in a 31-27 loss to the Browns. But the reality is, is you probably need both those guys if you want to run the ball effectively, which the Jaguars just haven't been able to do. That's the thing, and, and we know that Travis Etienne is, is not 100%. You know, he's battling through a rib injury. Dearness Johnson's battling through a knee injury. This might be the game. Let, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to unleash Tank Bixby. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to see, for better or for worse. Graham Marsh, for those of you not watching on you YouTube, have. is making an ugly yeah. face right yeah. now. But I'm, I look, I mean, at some point. You drafted him in the third round. You got, I mean, and it's December now. I mean, he's had plenty of time to work out the weaknesses of his game and, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Walker Little being back is is huge at left tackle. Hopefully Ezra Cleveland will be able to, to be active at left guard. But that's the thing. They've, they've got to get some semblance of a running game going because particularly if the wind holds, you know, Calvin Ridley, will, I'm sure we'll do a full segment on him. Uh, you know, Z- We're going to yeah. get to it. Don't yeah. worry, folks. I mean, Zay Jones obviously, you know, is, is not close to 100%. He deserves a lot of credit for battling through. I had a chance to, to catch up with him on Friday. So, you know, Ingram's playing great. Evan Ingram's playing great, and he'll certainly be, I'm sure, what the Ravens will really focus in on. But you've got to be balanced. And tonight they've got to figure out a way, whether it is ETN playing through the ribs or DeAndre Johnson playing through the knee, or maybe you just get Tank Bigsby. I'm not talking 20 carries, but can he can maybe six to eight just to spell those guys some? How about those short yardage situations yeah, that I we mean, were told he was drafted for that? And they have struggled mightily. It's time to see it. It's absolutely time to see it. Your Jaguars come into this one again on a two-game losing streak. Since the last time we were here, they lose to the Bengals on Monday night, although you did tell us pregame, Hayes, that we're looking back now at that loss. And while certainly it's one that got away from the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence injured in the fourth quarter, Jake Browning may actually be the answer for the short term with Joe Burrow out the rest of the season in Cincinnati as they won again yesterday in dramatic fashion over the Minnesota Vikings. And so that loss was a bitter pill to swallow. I would think, though, last week's loss to the Browns, which you were in Cleveland for, which for you was more of a concern? Which one of, which one of the two said, oh, no, do we need to have a referendum on the state of this Jaguars roster? It was the offense for me. You know, I just think that they did a, a woeful job in trying to replace Christian Kirk. We knew how Christian, his value. It's, you know, he's dependable, reliable. He's a playmaker. He's not perfect. He makes mistakes. He'll drop a pass here and there. You know, he's lost fumbles. But, but Christian Kirk is a guy that Trevor Lawrence trusts, and he makes plays. And with him being on IR with the injury, you know, it was, it was going to be up to Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones to really step it up. You know, whoever ran the right route, wrong route, whatever, this is what I know. When you're 29 years old and you've played football your entire life, you've got to be looking for the ball at all times. All times. And he isn't. And so that's a concern because that was a play where if the Jaguars go in and score there, the game is tied, you've sort of settled down, you fought off the crowd, instead it's an interception. You know, Zay Jones, it's hard for me to criticize Zay because I, 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 it's, he's, 
he is really battling through this, this knee injury that sort of plagued him all year. And, I mean, there's a belief that I don't think he's going to be healed from it until months after the se- whenever this season ends. It's one of those he can play through it, but it's going to be a while before he's fully got it behind him. And so it's, it's hard to give Zay a lot of criticism, but, you know, there were no plays made above the X's and O's that we've grown accustomed to seeing Zay make. When Trevor Lawrence is 9-27 – targeting Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones for 82 yards, they're doomed. I mean, it doesn't matter as we saw what Evan Ingram does. So, yes, there were defensive breakdowns, and that's a, certainly that's, that's a concern. But for me, as we, as we move past the Cleveland loss, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones – have got to give them more starting tonight. And I think that both those players know that. Like you said, Hayes, I think we will at some point in time spend a whole segment of this two-hour program on Calvin Ridley, the drama surrounding whether or not he ran the wrong or right route. I know that there has been plenty of criticism of the media and how we have reported that. We will dive into all of that throughout the duration of today's program, so don't go anywhere. But as we set the scene, again, the Jaguars coming off of a 31-27 loss in Cleveland, their second straight. You mentioned, of course, the stats for Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones. Nine catches on 27 targets. Can't happen again tonight against a Ravens team that is going to have Kyle Hamilton, we believe, in some form or fashion, despite suffering a grade one MCL sprain. We already know about Marlon Humphrey and some of those other key factors for them on the back end. And, of course, a defensive front, Hayes, that may not be as ferocious as the one the Jaguars just faced, but it's certainly in the top five in the National Football League. Yeah, Jamison Hensley from ESPN, who covers the Ravens, is going to be kind enough to join us for behind enemy lines later. Really interested to get his thoughts on Kyle Hamilton. Does he think he'll play? What kind of player has he been? And this... Matt BK yep. defensive tackle. Out My of A&M. goodness. I loved him in the draft I when mean, he was coming through the draft process. 11 sacks. Now, again, some of that is obviously just the overall disruption that the, the Ravens are able to provide, but that's just unbelievable numbers for a defensive tackle. And, and it speaks to, you know, we, we talked about Clowney and Van Noy and, you know, should these be players the Jaguars should have an interest in? They didn't, and those two players Baltimore looked at and said, absolutely, we'll take a flyer on them, and They've been rewarded for that. So how the Jaguars handle the Ravens' pass rush tonight is going to be fantastic to, to see some monumental challenge. And I look forward, look forward to hearing from Jamison on all those fronts. Absolutely. Hamilton, will he play, will he not play, is the lead storyline, I think, coming out of Baltimore this week, as well as Lamar Jackson. Is he continuing to ascend into MVP form once more as the Ravens are coming off of a dramatic 37-31 win in overtime up in Maryland over the Los Angeles Rams one week ago today? And, Hayes, you know, you, you mentioned – about Matabuke, another player that has come through this Ravens system, didn't perform his first few years in the purple and black. And then we look now in a contract year and look what he's doing. It's not just him because you look at Travis Jones, who was a sixth-round pick of the Ravens out of UConn. He's been absolutely a a space eater in the middle of that defensive front for the Ravens. You look at a guy that I'm very familiar with, of course, having covered him in college, and Geno Stone, for much of the season, the Iowa product led the National Football League in interceptions. He is only starting at the safety spot opposite Hamilton because of injury. And so this is a Ravens team that I think they knew they'd be good this year, that they could have a chance at the number one seed in late December. However, so much of it depended on the ascension and the growth of draft picks from last year, from year three to year four or year two to year three, and you're seeing that from a lot of them. You really are. The Ravens have been a model franchise for the last 10, 12 years because 
they draft these players, they develop them, the players leave in free agency for big contracts, so the Ravens get all these third-round comp picks. Uh, if you look at the, the leader in comp picks over the last decade, the Ravens are going to be right at the top of that list, and it just allows them to keep it going, to keep a strong front office drafting and developing, and this is what you see. Look, the Ravens have been great really since – they turn the, the keys over to Lamar Jackson. His record as a starting quarterback is unbelievable. And, uh, and really the only thing that's derailed Baltimore the last two years has been Lamar Jackson getting hurt in December. Uh, he's healthy now. He's playing at a high level. And when they have Lamar Jackson, sure, they've got some players like Mark Andrews that, that's been out for a while. They're not full strength. But when they have Lamar and, and they aren't ravaged by injuries – Defensively, I mean, they're they're a monster, and they are once again. After starting the year three and two, the Ravens have won seven of their last eight. Their lone loss, a two-point loss to the Cleveland Browns. Something tells me we're going to go back to that one when we get to our keys to the game, Hayes, because maybe that will give the Jaguars a blueprint for what they could possibly do to exploit this Ravens team that, at least on the surface, appears to be firing on all cylinders. You mentioned, obviously, the ascension of Lamar. You can't help but say that if he is to win the MVP award for a second time in his career this year, it's in large part thanks to the fact that, A, Todd Munkin is now calling plays up in Baltimore, and, B, the different playmakers that they've added at wide receiver, which is all the more important because they will be without Mark Andrews in this stretch run. It's a real concern to me tonight how the Jaguars try to cover Zay Flowers. Uh, the sensational rookie, he's undersized, but he is about as quick as any player in the league right now. And he has settled in. He has gotten acclimated to this level of football really from the outset. Lamar Jackson trusts him. And we've talked about Trey Herndon will be back, and that's great. The communication element will be much more improved with Trey Herndon being back in the lineup. The problem is the athleticism that you're going to lose there. Uh, and Zay Flowers is capable of taking advantage of that to – uh, the umpteenth level. So a uh, big challenge tonight for the Jaguars in terms of their coverage approach on Zay Flowers because he's a guy tonight that could come in and have seven catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. So you expect, and I, that was another injury that we'll get to when we get to the fair and fair injury report in just a second, but with Trey Herndon most likely passing through concussion protocol, being available tonight after missing last week's game, you do expect him to start, so do I. But this is a Jaguars team that showed a three-safety look almost the entire way against Baltimore last year. And granted, again, that's a very different Baltimore offense than what it is now. Lamar Jackson throws the ball much more in Todd Munkin's offense than he did previously. But I would think Antonio Johnson has earned his way into some playing time, especially with no Andre Sisco. And, yes, there are those of you who will say, oh, well, he'll just slot into that position. He's more of a Rayshon Jenkins backup than he is Andre Sisco. So I would expect – Dewey Winger to step in for Cisco like he did against Pittsburgh, and then you'd have Rayshon Jenkins and then Antonio Johnson as your third. I, I think it's a great call. I think Antonio Johnson's going to get a bunch of snaps tonight. I think he's earned it. Look, I mean, he was a they. I mean, in training camp, he was a star. I mean, they had back in February they had a second round grade yeah, on him. It, this it, was a guy that was identified early in the draft process. Obviously, did not perform the way he or anyone hoped he would at the combine, and the Jags get a steal in the fifth round, and here he is. This yeah. is what the Ravens do. This is what the right. Niners do. Identify talent see it slipping, and then capitalize in the draft. Absolutely. And, you know, he had the hamstring injury in training camp that unfortunately was uh, kept him out for, you know, a good chunk. But, you know, he settled in, and, and he, he has earned the time out there tonight. So, yeah, I'm, I, he is a plus athlete, you know, in, in, in terms of what he can provide. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the three-safety look. I, I think it, it's a big part of, of what this defense does, particularly in this matchup. 
So, yeah, let's, let's see it. Jenkins, Wingard, Antonio Johnson, absolutely. I think you're going to see that a lot tonight. But I also think having Trey Herndon is back but is, is fantastic because the communication has just been bad. Yep. You know, they, they, Who would have thought he yeah. was the glue all right. along? Well, and they blamed it on the last time on Monday Night Football. On, well, the crowd was really loud. We couldn't hear. What are you talking about? You're, you're on defense for God's sake. You want it loud. I, I was shocked that Doug Peterson said that in the post game. And then, I was more shocked. And our, then Mike our, Caldwell yeah. four days later is talking about it. And now this week they've gotten a memo saying, hey, we actually want the fans to be we loud. We would like so fans to be that. here and be yeah. loud. I mean, but the Dave co- Campo, by the way, did defend Doug, which I was surprised, which obviously Super Bowl winning head coach, defensive coordinator. He did agree with Doug, but with the caveat to your point, Hayes, of Trey Herndon wasn't out there, one of your primary signal callers, and therefore, that is where the miscommunication went awry. You couple that with the noise, and yes, then it can be different. And they had it last week as well, uh, where noise wasn't a factor because you were playing in Cleveland, and there was a couple of, of communication busts there. Um, you know, and so that's got to get resolved if they're going to have any hope of, of pulling this upset tonight. The Jags hoping to snap a two-game losing streak. The Ravens going for their fourth straight win. It's Sunday Night Football here at the bank for the first time in fifth. Teen years, I had to inform some Jaguars in the locker room this week about that, boys, uh, because some of them were like, no, we played Sunday night football last year. No, 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 that was Saturday night. Right, the yeah. last time the Jaguars played on Sunday night football, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Walker Little, so many others were in middle school, yeah. and here we are in the year of our Lord 2023, finally hosting a game at 8.20 p.m. on Sunday evening. 641-1010 is the number to reach us at if you're looking to get in on the conversation. On the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, we also have have our YouTube link live with our chat feature, and so leave us a message, a score prediction perhaps. Do you believe the Jaguars can pull the upset over the current number one seed in the AFC playoff picture, the Baltimore Ravens? Frank Frangie, the voice of your Jaguars, joins us next. Coming up right here on the Famous Automotive and Quick Loop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. The Famous Automotive Tire and Quick Lube Kickoff Show. Live from Tailgaters Parking. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Welcome back into Tailgaters Parking and Growlers Bar and Grill. Mia O'Brien alongside Hayes Carlion. We are scheduled to catch up with Frank Frangie on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline here in just a second. While we wait for Frank, um, I think let's call an audible of sorts, Hayes Carlion uh, and hey, Casey Dobson back at 1010XL World Headquarters. If you may, Casey, let's hit that Farrah and Farrah injury report. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, let's get it out of the way because then we can ask Frank Frangie Absolutely. about some insight he may have into which of the six, one, two, three, four, five, oh, seven. My bad. Seven. We'll get to why it's seven here in a second. Actually, six. We'll get to it in a second. Six questionable Jaguars for this game. The seventh, of course, is Jamal Agnew. Let's start with some positive news, Hayes Carlion, as he was activated off of the reserve injured list yesterday. Expectation, therefore, he's not questionable. He's probably going to go tonight against the Ravens. Well, and he could be a big key here because because of the wind, you know, if Baltimore, hopefully they will punt several times tonight, and it's hard to, you know, kick away from a player like Agnew if this wind is like this for the entirety of the game. So if Jamal Agnew gets a chance, 
I mean, he, we've seen it. I mean, on multiple occasions. The Jaguars will be in a lull, and then Jamal will break a big punt return, and the next thing you know, there's life. They score, and they win the game. That's something that John Harbaugh and his staff are going to have to be really cognizant of tonight is keeping the ball away from Jamal Agnew as a returner. I still don't think as an offensive player he's very good, but as a returner, he is electric. Do you expect him to return kicks and punts as well as play wide receiver tonight, or do you expect a mix of him, Parker Washington, and Dearness Johnson? Yeah, I think I think Jamal will get some snaps offensively. I would think it'd be somewhere between 8 and 12 offensive snaps, and absolutely. I mean, I, if he's active, he's got to be the returner. I mean, he's just – I think he's one of the best in the league at it. So, again, even on kickoffs, if the wind is in your face, I think it's going to be hard to, to keep it away from Jamal. And I would, I would tell him, if, I'd say, anytime the ball gets in your hands, you, you take it out. Uh, even if it's a yard or two back in the end zone, bring it out. The three players that we already alluded to that are questionable for tonight's game for the hometown Jaguars, Ezra Cleveland and Walker Little along the offensive line. Expectation is that if those two guys are healthy, it would be Walker Little at left tackle, Ezra Cleveland at left guard. I am told that if Walker cannot go, Ezra Cleveland, just like last week, would move to left tackle with Tyler Shatley spelling him at the guard position. Your expectation, Hayes, that you think they both will be healthy enough to play tonight? I think the, I think Walker Little is, is going to be active, and so I think he'll be at left tackle. Cleveland a little bit more iffy, but my guess is he's probably active in the left guard. And so, you know, I think from an offensive line standpoint, it's a good lineup. You now go execute. Really need a big game out of Fortner and, and Sheriff. Uh, Anton Harrison's, you know, played pretty well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think the line will be healthier than what it's been. Absolutely. And then the other player that we already alluded to, Trey Herndon, expectation is he will officially be out of concussion protocol. He practiced on Thursday and Friday without the non-contact pinning, and so that obviously trends in the right direction. For a Jaguars secondary, that does have two players already ruled out of tonight's contest, Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco. Although I know there's plenty of Jaguar fans driving around listening to the famous automotive kickoff show, Hayes, and they're saying, well, hey, hasn't this defense looked better with Buster Brown at times at that corner position? Yeah, you know, he has done a, a nice job, and, and I'm intrigued to see what he can be in year three and year four of his rookie contract here. Uh, I, I do think not having Tyson Campbell is a, is a real blow. Not having uh, uh, Andre Sisco is going to be a, a real challenge. And, again, that's where again, the win tonight could be a real negator in terms of what Baltimore can do through the air. Because, I mean, I, I think Lamar Jackson has a fine arm, but I don't think it's – a rocket, and uh, you know, I, I, I am cons- I, I would be concerned if I was a Ravens fan about when he, when he wants to put Loft on the ball, is that going to give the the Jaguar secondary that extra split second they need to come make a play on the football? Whereas I think Trevor Lawrence. I don't think the wind is going to be as big a factor for the Jaguars. Two more for the Jaguars, the first of which is kind of an inside baseball that I want to walk you guys through. Um, Brenton Strange, questionable to play tonight with the foot injury he suffered the Friday night before Monday night football against the Bengals. And so that'll be curious to see if he can go because the Jaguars did elevate Josh Peterson from the practice squad. The reason I say it's a numbers game, Hayes, is that Ross Matisek, also pops up on the injury report on Friday with a back injury. The Jaguars did not sign any long snappers. They do not have one on the practice squad. If anything, Josh Peterson is the emergency long snapper. Ross did suffer a back injury last year but was able to play through it. Personally, and I haven't spoken to him since Friday, but I would expect him to go. But it could be curious that if Bretton Strange is a 50-50 decision and you're already wondering about the injury to Matisik, 
maybe you say we will just roll with Josh Peterson instead. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I think uh, Ross is probably going to be active because of what you're talking about. I mean, you could get a long snapper in here signed and active for a game like this tonight uh, and, and, and really have very little trouble doing it. So I, I think the fact that, you know, it's hopefully he's okay. It, it must have been just sort of a, of a minor thing. But the fact that they didn't make – any kind of roster move yesterday for a long snapper tells me they must think he's active tonight. And, uh, yeah, I would think Brenton Strange probably just isn't ready. And, again, wasn't really that having that big of a role anyway. So I don't know that I'd play him if he's like 70%. Uh, if I've got, a you know, a player like Josh Peterson. So, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense what they did yesterday. And, you know, look, this is the kind of game where this, these are the decisions – that are going to make a big difference because this is going to be a game, particularly if the conditions stay like this, where the special teams is going to have much more weight in this game than they would normally have, which and normally they have weight. But in, if, the, if the win stays like this, the kicking game, the return game is going to be paramount. Which if you are making your way down here to Everbank Stadium, Tailgaters Parking where we are located, the rain is picking up again even if it's just a mist. And, of course, that wind continues to swirl, a situation that we will monitor throughout the course of our program as well as into Jaguars radio programming. For the Baltimore Ravens, just two players listed as questionable. That, of course, includes the headliner, Kyle Hamilton, their second-year all-star safety who did suffer a grade one MCL sprain in the victory over the Rams. He did practice in limited fashion Wednesday and Thursday they got a full practice in on Friday, Hayes, and it sounds like the expectation is that he will play tonight for the Ravens. And that is gigantic, uh, absolutely gigantic for them. When, when the injury occurred, we were in uh, Cleveland, but when we saw it, I mean, the immediate thought was that is enormous for the Jaguars if, if Kyle Hamilton can't play. It does, again, and, and we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, an hour and a half before the game whether he's active, but he is a rising star. And so absolutely, that's going to be a, a, a real challenge for the Jaguars if Kyle Hamilton is out there. But again, if he, even if he, you got to test him. you got to see, you know, is he 60%, is he 95%, and, uh, and, and let him show you early in the game, you know, exactly where he is. Is he a liability or is he the player that, you know, you come to expect. And also consider the weather conditions because Andre Sisco told me he probably, if it was a playoff game, does play at Pittsburgh week eight. But because of the weather, because the Jaguars were riding a four-game win streak, they ultimately said, you know what, let's not roll the dice. And he said to me, when Minka Fitzpatrick went down with his own hamstring injury because of how wet that turf was, he looked up at the heavens and was like, man, somebody was looking out for me. And so I'm curious to see if the Ravens training staff have a similar process. Speaking of the Ravens injury report, just one more note. Four players total this week. They're healthy. They are as healthy as it comes. And it's crazy to think because they had such a war of attrition early on in the season with OBJ fighting injuries, with their offensive line having multiple injuries. All those guys are back. And that is so huge as they hit their stretch run. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, the key is Lamar Jackson. You know, when he when he is healthy, when he starts, they normally win. He's got an unbelievable winning percentage since he uh, took over for Joe Flacco. And uh, really, the only thing that slowed Baltimore down the last two years was an injury to Lamar Jackson. So, you know, when the schedule came out, my first thought was, I wonder if he'll be available for this Sunday night football game. Well, he is. He's having a great year. And uh, he, he, he is an unbelievable player for Baltimore. Very difficult to defend, obviously. And he is just 
all he's done since he's basically gotten in the NFL is win 65% of his ball games. That is the fair and fair injury report. While we await our visit with Frank Frangi, the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, let's call another audible haze. Let's head into the locker room. You had the opportunity to catch up with Zay Jones, a guy that you admitted, and I've admitted and he's admitted, he's not 100% right now, but he certainly is gutting it out. He's gutting it out uh, and uh, showing a lot of courage. And, you know, I mean, again, hopefully he is able to get, a, you know, a couple percentage points better each week. Because he's going to be a real key to this now as we as we close out the regular season without uh, without Christian Kirk. I actually have some breaking news. How about this? Breaking news. We're calling audibles all over. We're going to call place. audibles all over. We're going to get to Zay Jones in a second because we are now joined by the voice of your Jaguars, Frank Frangie. Hit that all pro roofing, Casey. Let's ring up another guest on the all pro roofing phone line. Did you get caught up in the wind like Dorothy? And your, are your red slippers okay, Frank Frangi? Because, man, oh, man, is it swirling down here. Thank you for asking. Totally my fault. I just stepped away and said, oh, my goodness, I wasn't on time. So I, I can make up some great stories of how I'm putting the roof back together and the, and the screen and the water back together. But I think I just uh, I think I stepped away and said, oh, my goodness, I missed. So apologies to listeners, to you guys. And how bad is it down there? It's, uh, it's pretty windy. I mean, I, the, the rain isn't bad. But the, uh, the wind is going to make the special teams paramount. So, Frank, I mean, in terms of that, how do you like the Jaguars kicking game versus the Ravens and, and everything that goes along with that special teams battle? Well, the Ravens have the best kicker that's ever played, and I think everybody knows that. I mean, there's nobody, there's nobody better than Justin Tucker. But yeah, Brandon McManus is good. I think they're good there, too. I think that'll be part of it. Hayes, I think the bigger part of that is where they kick from. What you don't want to do is be punting the ball out of your end zone. What you don't want to be doing is trying 58-yard field goals, even though in today's day and age people make those all the time. I think that's why first downs critically in this sport. I've been thinking about what's important, other, what's important other than the obvious stuff. First downs are so important. Field position is so important. That sounds so cliche. But the bottom line is what matters more than anything else is don't get yourself in a situation where you're standing with your, your heels on the end line and you're putting a ball into that win. Really doing things the right way and taking care of Taking care of uh, possession, taking care of first downs, really matter in this game. Logan Cook, also the sixth captain for this game for your Jacksonville Jaguars. A friendly reminder to vote for uh, he, Brandon McManus, and Ross Matisic. Pro Bowl, hashtag Pro Bowl vote, because uh, all three currently rank in the top five in statistics, statistics across special teams in the National Football League. I think you can hear the wind behind Ooh. me, Frank. So, wow. uh, so wow. hopefully that Listen gives you – an idea of what we're facing. Speaking of the wind. Frank, hey, tell my uh, wife and kids that I love them. That too. I will tell, I'll pass that along. I'll text them immediately. Yes, that too. Uh, speaking of the wind, Frank, how do you think it affects the passing game for both the Jaguars and the Ravens? Well, I think, number one, it's going to affect it a bunch. Nobody cares about rain anymore, Mia. Everybody cares about wind. I think it means you got to run the football. I think I think more than anything else, you got to run the football. Uh, the Ravens lead the National Football League in rushing. They're averaging 157 yards per game. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is their leading rusher. So a windy game benefits the Ravens because they're better at running the football. The Jags have to find a way to run it today. So to your, to your point, last week, Mia, Trevor Lawrence dropped back 57 times or 57 called dropbacks. Well, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that and win a game like that. Now, that happens when you're playing from behind. I think a fast start is so important here. you got to run the football. It's hard to run if you don't get a fast start and you're playing from behind. So you're playing the best rushing team in the National Football League. You're playing the best overall defense. I, I think they're second in the league in total defense, the Browns, but I think they're the best. They're, I think they're the best team, best per play defense. They're the second best defense in the league in scoring. 
you can't get behind these guys. And now you add to what you just said, the wind and trying to throw the ball in the rain and then the wind, you got to start start fast and you got to be able to run the football. I think, I think the Jags being able to run the football today, Mia, is the most important part of the game if they want to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Frank, what do you think will be the defensive game plan for the Jaguars without Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco? Well, obviously, you, you got to make him beat you still, Hayes. I, I think, number one, I think you're going to see Buster Brown start the game. I'll give you – look out for number 26 today. Look out for Antonio Johnson. You know how good he is. You know what a good player he is. We know that he was down for a while with a hamstring to start his career. We've seen the splash plays, the cost, the cause fumble on the blitz. He's a six foot three nickel. He was talking about that. Man, he was interviewed this week. He talked about how he's kind of an unusual nickel. Nickel slot corners are kind of little guys. He's a bigger slot corner, so certainly you have to have to be careful with uh, when he's blitzing. You got the guy blocking the blitz has got to be a little bit of a different guy. I think Antonio Johnson's going to play a lot, and I think he's going to affect the game because you don't have the other guys. I think you're going to see a lot of nickel. He might you might even spy Lamar a little bit, right? And he's the kind of guy that can do that. So. Keep an eye on 26 today, Hayes. I think he's a big part of the game plan. Frank Frangie joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. He will be on the call, of course, tonight at 8.20 p.m. as the Jaguars host the Ravens alongside the Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, Jeff Logman, and Bucky Brooks. Speaking of that offensive line, Frank, is it your expectation that Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland will be able to go on that left side? And if so, how does that maybe help a Jags run game that has struggled so much? A few things. I do. I do think it's yes. I think you're going to see both Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland start the game. It's a more athletic line, so I certainly think certainly on plays like screens, on jet sweeps, uh, on things where you need your your lineman to run. Tyler Shatley's a good player uh, in in the phone booth, Mia, but he's not fast. So it's hard to screen when he's in there. It's hard to do some other things you can do. I think that that your your horizontal game's a little bit better. The other thing is they're just good players. I think that's a pretty good guard tackle combo i'll tell you this and i think you know this man they love ezra cleveland when they traded for him for the vikings they knew he'd be a good player he showed up better than they expected he's a really good player he's the most athletic offensive lineman he's a physical player he can play either of those two spots i think he's going to be and now look he's they're gonna have to find out they don't know i'll bet you yesterday they didn't know if he was gonna go you know what i mean i'll bet you they weren't sure yesterday but if those two guys can go They'll be better. And if you got to run the football, you got to have a better offensive line. So we'll see. Do you think Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen will take more of like a controlled pass rush tonight because of Lamar? That's how you play him, Hayes. That, that's the book on him is you don't go crazy. So, yeah, I think that that will be the case. Trayvon's got to show up in the, in, the, in the stat book better than he has. You know, he, Trayvon has, has been, I want to say invisible, but I think the, the length of the season, the length of his second season, seems to be wearing on him a little bit. Josh Allen's been great the whole year. Trayvon has played well. Trayvon's always going to be a guy who plays better than the stats. He's not going to be a big sack guy. He's not going to be a big pressure guy, but he's going to set the edge on runs. He's going to, he's going to hold his spot, but he needs to be a little more, a little more active. We need to, I need to call his name. more. You need me calling his name a little bit more. So I think that's part of it. But yeah, you got to kind of control. The last thing you want to do is over pursue Lamar he gets away and runs for 38 yards. That that's the kiss of death with Lamar Jackson is stuff like that. He's gonna make some. He's gonna make some yardage as a runner anyway. He's their leading rusher, but you can't you can't over pursue. And he makes a lot of yards on the ground on a play because of your mistake. That's really important today in this game tonight. Man, oh man, the, and we all know this. I'm, I'm repeating stuff everybody else has been saying, Hayes. But they can't keep making their own these same mistakes. They can't keep messing up, and they can't keep doing the things that. That messing up the things that the easy stuff. You can't blow a coverage in a guy's wide open. You can't fumble the football. 
any of that stuff goes wrong, they're going to lose tonight. They play a clean game, they can beat the Raiders. One more from me, Frank, before we ask for your X-Factors for, for both the Jaguars and the Ravens. A lot of controversy this week surrounding Calvin Ridley. Did he run the wrong route? Did he run the right route? Did he make the wrong choice on a choice route? Um, what are your expectations for the Jaguars receivers here this evening? I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a factor in the football game. Um, as what happened last week, I, I think we know by now, it wasn't about running the wrong route. Everybody said it wasn't the route thing. It's just looking for the ball. It's knowing the ball was coming. On routes like that, when you, when you rep routes like that in practice, sometimes you get the ball, sometimes you don't, based on what the coverage. I think Calvin had repped that thing, but just didn't expect the ball. So he, he didn't run the wrong route, and that's why he was probably a little bit testy about it. But part of, part of being out there, part of it's instincts. You've got to have the instincts to know the ball might come based on the coverage. Part of it is the coaches have to say, listen, you know, you haven't, we haven't done this with you yet, so, so make sure you know. I think it's on everybody a little bit, but I think you'll be far. Look, Mia, they can't win without Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. They can't win without those guys. I think having Jamal Agnew back, who I think they'll have back today, will help that. But they can't win without Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram being good football players with, with Christian Kirk out. I don't think you see the ball in the air as much tonight, but I think double zero, number zero, agent zero, I think they call him, is going to be a pretty good uh, be a factor. Thing. Is he your X factor, though, in this one? Or who is for you, Frank? You know what? I, I don't want to keep saying the same guy. I told you last week it's going to be Evan Ingram, right? And Evan caught about 10 balls or whatever he caught. So I'm, I'm getting boring here if I keep saying Evan Ingram. But he's the offensive X factor. There's no question about it. He's the offensive X factor in this game. There's no denying that. Defensively, I want you to watch Antonio Johnson. So if I can only have one, yeah, give me Antonio Johnson. Evan Ingram's going to catch a lot of balls. I think Antonio Johnson's going to get significant playing time. I just get that gut somehow, some way, he's going to be on the field more than he has been. And I think he'll affect the game for the Jaguars. And if there's one guy the Jaguars have to keep their eye on on the Ravens, it is? Well, it's the obvious guy. It's obviously the obvious guy is Lamar. Zay Flowers is the best receiver. But Isaiah Likely has been pretty good for them. They, they had to figure out a way to play without Mark Andrews, Mia. They had to figure out a way. He's, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. He's the security blanket. If, if Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk have been the security blanket for Trevor, the security blanket for Lamar almost his whole career has been Mark Andrews. He's gone. How about Isaiah Likes? I think he's been a very good tight end for them. He's a pass-catching tight end. Zay Flowers is their best receiver, and he's really good. Their rookie's fantastic. I keep an eye on Likely as well. But, again, the key thing is, you, you, I, every time I talk to you, I hear the wind. I feel like you guys are like, it's going to blow away in a minute. Um, <laughs> it's going to be that kind of game. It's going to be a running game, and whoever runs the ball best is going to win. The Jaguars struggled against the tight end, David Njoku of the Cleveland Browns last week. Hopefully they can lock down Likely in that run game as well. Frank, thank you so much for joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. We will see you up in the press box, sir. Okay, guys. See you soon. Thank you. Frank Frangie, the Hall of Famer, Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, Bucky Brooks on the call here from the bank. 8.20 p.m. kickoff, and, of course, pregame coverage continues once we are off the air at 5 p.m. Well, Hayes, we are now going to head into, after this next time out, the locker room to catch up with Zay Jones. We also are going to span the National Football League. We never get to do this because usually yeah. we're talking to you bright and early in the morning before the 1 o'clock games have kicked off. The bewitching hour is upon us, and boy, oh boy, are things getting interesting. You're not going to want to go anywhere. That score update and a whole lot more is coming up next right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Starting your game day. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Live from Tailgaters Parking on 1010XL. 
we go. Tailgaters Parking, Growler's Bar and Grill. That is the site of today's famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Mia O'Brien alongside Hayes Carlion. Our thanks for Frank Frangi for joining us on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline. And now, Hayes, it is time. Before we dive into not only the rest of the National Football League and the AFC playoff picture, as well as the scores from around the league today and Calvin Ridley and so much more, I want to talk Zay Jones. What is your impression of where he is mentally, physically, as we get set for this fourth-to-last game of the regular season? I think mentally Zay is in a great place. I think physically he isn't. You know, I think physically he's probably, and this is me, you know, speculating, but I think he's probably more at like 80%. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be able to get to 100% by the time the season is over. Uh, so, I, you know, I think what you're seeing is an above-average receiver – who's having to play 80%, which is now going to make him, you know, you hope just not a liability. But, frankly, he was against Cleveland, not to the level of of Calvin Ridley. But, you know, again, the numbers are the numbers. When your quarterback's 9-27 combined throwing to you and Calvin Ridley, then obviously it was a bad day at the office. So, you know, hopefully his health will come a little bit more to him as, as this season closes out. But, uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's gutting it out. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's probably players that wouldn't be playing through this. But, uh, but I do think it's, it's affected his uh, ability to, to be the kind of dynamic playmaker that we've seen. And, you know, hopefully he's able to round into that form because they're going to need it if they're going to make a deep run here. Let's head into the locker room and hear from Zay Jones. Uh, It looks like we have some technical difficulties. So while we have those technical difficulties, we'll give you our score update from around the National Football League, beginning in the AFC South and that showdown in Nashville. The Texans have come back to tie this game at 16. Dalton Schultz with a You Got Moss moment as he was able to rip the ball out of the hands of a Titans defender on the three-yard line. Case Keenum and company cash in, and so that game is tied at 16 in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, after, as as we know, the Colts, the Jaguars' other AFC South foe, already won yesterday. Let's look to the Jaguars' opponent next week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Hayes are absolutely running away from the Green Bay Packers up in Wisconsin. 34-20, Baker Mayfield, 22 of 28 for 381 yards and four scores. That's a fantastic win for Tampa Bay uh, against a Green Bay team that was starting to, you know, find some momentum. And, uh, yeah, that, that game next week, I mean, look, we got obviously an incredible game tonight, a massive challenge, but... Uh, I always kind of penciled in at Tampa Bay as a W. I still feel confident. But, uh, but Baker Mayfield in that offense is starting to hum a little bit. Mike Evans is, is playing really well. So uh, that's going to be probably more of a challenge than what I thought it would be. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the AFC, the current number two seed, the Miami Dolphins, currently lead the New York Jets 30 to nothing. Uh, that one's kind of already decided. And the Jets have clinched their eighth straight losing season. One more from the AFC as the Kansas City Chiefs currently sitting in the third seed up 27-17 in Foxborough over the New England Patriots. And also of note, the Jaguars' opponent the next time we're back here at Tailgaters Parking Growlers Bar and Grill, the Carolina Panthers, already eliminated from playoff contention, have already fired their head coach. They lead the Atlanta Falcons, the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons, 9-7 by virtue of three field goals in the fourth quarter. Arthur Smith, what are you doing? I mean, come on. That is, that's one you can't lose. So uh, we'll see if, uh, if Atlanta is able to pull that one out. But that, does, uh, that would be really, really bad for the Falcons. And we will keep you posted on all those scores. But for now, let's head into the locker room and catch up with Zay Jones. 
We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars receiver Zay Jones here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Man, it's great to see you. How are you? Gosh, it sounds like you've done that before. <laughs> a couple times, a couple times. I'm doing well, though. Thank you for asking yourself. Good. How's your family? Everybody good? Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. What You, you got anything coming up for uh, Christmas? Um, just enjoying the holidays. Um, it's a special time to be around those you love. Um, and it's just a time for us and my family to reflect on things that Jesus Christ has done in our life. Um, he's our Savior. And so just to have the greatest gift of grace of all and to be able to share gifts with each other is an incredible time. So truly grateful. That's awesome. And in terms of uh, practice, day, how's it gone this week for you guys? I think it's gone good. It's been clean. Um, I think there's a... It's more intention. I can see it behind guys' eyes. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the body of work that we put in, and, and hopefully it translates. I know you've been really gutting it out and, and playing with a lot of courage. What, what's been the difficulty physically in playing through the knee injury? Um, you know, it's everyone goes through something in their life. It's on the field, off the field. And especially in this game, people battle injuries all the time. Typically around this this time of year, you know, we're however many games in, and it gets difficult. And it's just about pulling each other together and sticking together and overcoming you know, the obstacles that you face. So for myself personally, it's about leaning into my teammates and my coaches and doing the best I can. What kind of role can you play in getting Parker more acclimated and in everything that's going through his his mind as a as a young rookie in this league now playing such a prominent role? I have no problem trying to help Parker, but he's really a person that uh, shows and demonstrates a lot of maturity. He's open to receiving advice and, and coaching, but he's a young man that you can tell is very thoughtful. Um, he cares about the game, and so I think he's soaking everything in as he goes. So for me, if you know he asks me something or needs a favor, you know, I'm more than welcome to offer it, but... Um, I'm really proud with the body of work he's put together so far as well, too. When it, what stands out about Baltimore when you watch them in the secondary? Uh, they're very sound and knowing where their spots are. And, uh, they're extremely athletic, uh, smart. They're a physical group. And they have a good amount of experience as well, not even just in their secondary, but across their team. And there's not really a level on their defense that shows signs of weakness from D-line to linebackers to secondary. They also, um, like, they're a very solid group. It seems like, obviously, not having Christian, not having Cam Robinson's tough, but like you said, you know, attrition's a kind of part of it in the NFL. But do you get a sense that there is some, some health coming back and this is the time where you guys can really hit the accelerator and play your best football of the season? Um, I think, for me personally, I think it's just going to be a one-game-at-a-time type mentality. I don't want to look too far ahead. We are missing some some people that we know can impact the game for us, but it gives an opportunity for other people to step up. So there's no replacing Christian. There's no replacing Cam. It's about can we pull together and be better than our opponent on that day, and then we'll figure out the rest. How much are you looking forward to the crowd and, and the element of Sunday night football? I'm grateful for the experience, but I'm not – I try to be not phased by – you know, all the outside things, like cameras and media. and It's great that this city gets that attention because it deserves it. When it comes down to playing, 
my focus is going to be on my job. So it's kind of, you know, you're grateful for that. But at the same time, you can't let that become your focus. I know the injury has been a frustration, but what's it been like for you in year two and in your comfort level and everything with with the system and and being a Jaguar? Well, year two with the Jags, year seven total. It's been... It's been up and down for sure, but I'm grateful for it all. Injuries are a part of the game, and it's about you know, setting those injuries aside and you know, being grateful for the organization, being grateful for the community and for the team and finding a way to get those wins. And so if I've learned anything, um, there's beauty in struggle and there's beauty in the process. Zay Jones, thank you so much for your time. Have a Merry Christmas and best of luck to you on Sunday. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Thanks, Zay. Yeah, really appreciate it. Best of yeah. luck to I- you. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate Zay's time on Friday, and it, it does make you wonder with what he's playing through, because obviously the coaches are very cognizant of that. You know, do, you, do you adjust his role a little bit and, and try and do things that are, are maybe a little bit more comfortable for him from a route-running standpoint and a formational standpoint? So you know, I think Zay Jones is intriguing to watch in terms of if they make any adjustments off of what was a debacle in Cleveland. Well, we have plenty of Jaguar fans sounding off on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures and the YouTube chat line. And y'all got me down. I got one saying the Jags are going to go one and three the rest of the way. I see plenty of others saying they're going to miss the playoffs. Man alive, Christmas is about to be here, folks. You you could be a little optimistic um, because what else do we have? Um, And also, this is the first Sunday night football game since 2008. And we have said, as Zay alluded to in that interview, Hayes, time and time again, that this group led by Doug Peterson plays at its best when its back is against the wall. Yeah, and look, it's the NFL. I mean, it would the least surprising thing in the league would be if the Jaguars won tonight. I mean, it's a three-point spread. You know, the the Ravens are due for a, every time you think this season, well, this team is the dominant team. This is the team to beat. They play poorly and lose a game, and and it seems like it's Baltimore's turn. So, I you know, I I think it's a tough game tonight. But the way the season has gone. It, you know, for just the league in general, there, there's there's absolutely no guarantees that it's not going to go well for the Jaguars tonight. And and they really should. They will be favored to beat Tampa in Tampa. Certainly they'll be favored to beat Carolina here. And they'll be favored to win in Nashville in the finale. So, you know, even if they don't get it done tonight, 11 wins to me is still very much on the table. And 11 wins is going to win this division. The Bucks wrapping up a 34-20 win over the Packers. The Panthers did indeed win on a walk-off field goal over Arthur Smith's Atlanta Falcons, wow. 9-7. And we will keep you posted on that Texans-Titans game that looks like it may be headed to overtime. But let's learn a little bit more about this Baltimore Ravens squad. Let's head behind enemy lines with Jamison Hensley of ESPN coming up next right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is the famous automotive and quick lube kickoff show. Live from Tailgaters Parking, the famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Hour number two of the famous automotive kickoff show officially underway. And Jamison Hensley of ESPN, so nice to join us here in what I believe is a local report because, Jamison, believe you are here for tonight's Sunday night football game. Correct me if I'm wrong, sir. Yeah, and I, I've been here since yesterday, and I think this is the first time I, I actually see the sun coming out. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's some good news. I know. I actually was up there for a wedding on Friday, and I never thought I would say that I left the Northeast where it was sunny 
and then came back to Florida where there is no sunshine. But that is a that is the current situation we find ourselves in, Jameson. And obviously, um, we would think that this feels like Baltimore Northeast December weather, and one would think that should favor the best run offense in the National Football League. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and I, but I will say that they are number one in rushing, but I will say that the past few games, the rushing offense has been uh, lagging a little bit. Uh, Gus Edwards uh, has really not really produced like he's had uh, earlier this season. They've kind of mixed in undrafted rookie Keaton Mitchell in there, but uh, for a lot of a lot of these rushing yards, it's going to be on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson and. For the most part, for the, most of the season, they've tried to not have him do many designed runs, things of that nature. Uh, but uh, with the scrambles, that's where he's been really dangerous this year. He's coming off a game where he rushed, ran for 70 yards. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of a problem for the Ravens where late in games when they've had leads and they've wanted to run the ball, they have not been able to do so. And that's been kind of a trademark of this team in so many years has been punishing teams late in games with the running game. They just haven't been able to do that the last two games. Hey, Jamison, it's Hayes Carlion. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is is battling through a, a knee. What are your uh, expectations for him tonight, uh, whether he'll be active, and what kind of player has, has he developed into for the Ravens? Yeah, he, he's been wearing a knee brace throughout all of practice, and that's kind of been the surprise of all week. We didn't think he would practice at all, but uh, has practiced, he even had a full practice on Friday. And uh, when I asked John Harbaugh on Friday, after Friday's practice, if he thought, you know, what are the chances of Kyle Hamilton playing on Sunday night? And he said, good, he's, he's in a good place. So uh, the, all the expectations are that he's going to be out there. And I will, I will say that Kyle Hamilton, uh, when you're kind of looking at team MV, defensive MVPs for, for the Ravens, Roquan Smith would be number one. Kyle Hamilton would be number two. And he's kind of a do-everything safety. They can line him up deep. They can line him up in the nickel. They can blitz him. He has three sacks. He has nine tackles for loss. Uh, he is everywhere on that field. And he's kind of that, that like a little bit like a Swiss Army knife where they can kind of put him in a lot of different uh, positions. Uh, and I think when Trevor Lawrence gets to the line of scrimmage, uh, one, of the few, you know, one of the people he's going to look at, he's going to be like, where is Kyle Hamilton on that field? Because I think that will determine a lot of things that they do offensively. Let's stay on Hamilton for a second here, Jameson, because I actually have some family from up in the Baltimore area, and they were quick to note that he usually is the primary defender in locking down tight ends. The Baltimore Ravens obviously struggled against David Njoku and the Cleveland Browns a few weeks ago. I'm curious, and obviously a lot of it is dependent on his health, if he can't cover a tight end in Evan Ingram, who would be the guy, and would maybe that give a bit more concern for Ravens fans if that is who is trying to stop what has quickly become Trevor Lawrence's go-to target? Yeah, and if, if Cal Hamilton can't, can't go or is limited at all tonight, uh, I think they would play. They love playing uh, zone as well, and I think that's kind of how they would go and, and maybe see if Patrick Queen, who is a, a very speedy inside linebacker, can kind of handle uh, Evan Ingram. It's not optimal, and that's kind of why they like Cal Hamilton out there. Uh, but uh, he has he has really improved over the years as far as his coverage as well. But uh, I think the, the Ravens are hoping if if Kyle Hamilton is active, he's going to be he's going to be full go. But again, you never know with with the, the knee and and having the brace on there uh, if he kind of tweaks it at all. But I will I will say that you know Kyle Hamilton is one of the tougher guys on the on this team, and he kind of doesn't look it. Uh, secondary coach uh, Chris Hewitt has said a few weeks ago, he said like don't let that baby face fool you. 
uh, he will rip your face off in a second. So that we were kind of like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> we kind of understand Kyle Hamilton a little bit more now. Absolutely. Matt BK has 11 sacks. Why has this been able to be the year for him uh, in terms of breaking out and having a star season? I, I think some of it might have to do with the contract year, and you know, that kind of motivates players a little bit more. Uh, but I will say that Matt BK. Uh, he came in, and he's always been a very good player, and he's improved every single year. He's a, a third-round pick from a few years ago. Uh, but I think he came in this year, especially I've talked to coaches. He, they said all the way back in March when the off-season training program started, he came in with kind of an attitude that I want to be the best defensive tackle in football. And he has 11 sacks. He's the first Ravens player to have double-digit sacks since 2017. Uh, he's had a half a sack in 10 straight games. And if he has a half sack tonight, he will tie an NFL record for that sack streak. So uh, he's been a terror inside. But in talking to him this past week, he did say, I've noticed a lot more double teams lately. And so that's kind of, uh, he hasn't been as dominant maybe the past few games uh, because he's getting a little bit more attention. That helps other players as well. Like, you know, Jadavian Clowney, Cal Van Noy, Adafi Owe out of kind of out on the edge. Uh, but still, uh, Justin Matabike has just been so consistent all year, and uh, he, he really has – he's become the, the Ravens' best interior pass rusher probably in about 15, 16 years. A couple more for Jamison Hensley on on the All-Pro Roofing Hotline, of course, joining us by way of ESPN as he is there. Mike DiRocco counterpart for you Jaguar yeah. fans out there up in Baltimore. Since you brought up the trenches, Jamison, uh, let's talk offensive line. We know Tyler Linderbaum was banged up earlier in the year. We know a couple of those other offensive linemen, including Ronnie, Stan Ronnie Stanley, have had moments where they've also been nicked by the injury bug. I'm curious how you would evaluate their health and also their performance now as we head into week 15 of the season. Yeah, it's kind of been, a, been an up-and-down year for, for the offensive line, and, and some of it has to do with, with injuries. And it, I do believe it helped uh, a couple weeks ago having a late bye. It's one of the really latest buys you can have uh, in the league. And I think it helped guys like a Ronnie Stanley, a Morgan Moses. He, Morgan Moses is the right tackle. Uh, but Ronnie Stanley, who, who is an all-pro left tackle, uh, he kind of struggled throughout uh, maybe the past like three, four games because of this knee injury. Uh, and you'll see tonight, he, he wears a brace, and he wears the brace over his uniform. I mean, it's kind of a, a bulky brace uh, over his knee, and uh, that, that's caused him a little bit of problem, and, and especially against the, the speed rushers. And uh, when, when Ronnie Stanley is at his best, he's protecting Lamar Jackson, Jackson's blind side better than anyone, and that's where Lamar really flourishes. When he's kind of struggling a little bit and, and really not get, getting that wall on that left side, uh, you would see Lamar kind of more uh, rolling out to the right a little bit more and trying to uh, elude the pocket a little bit more. Uh, but I thought Ryan Stanley, he's kind of been rotating a little bit in there, trying to save him a little bit more. Uh, but I thought last week was kind of a good step in the right direction. We'll have to see tonight uh, because he's going to face Josh Allen a lot. That, that's going to be a huge challenge for him. He even mentioned that this week. Uh, and I think that's going to be one of the key matchups of, of tonight's game. Jamison, do you see a big game for Zay Flowers tonight? Zay has been. I mean, you, the kind of big question when, when you know, Pro Bowl tight end Mark Andrews went down uh, with that ankle injury. And, and the Ravens, he's not coming back in the regular season. They're hoping maybe if they make a late run in, into the playoffs, uh, he might come back. But they, the, the big question for the team when Mark Andrews went down was, who's going to fill the void? And I'm not talking about just, you know, a guy that is going to be the number one target. I'm talking about, 
on third downs in crunch time, uh, when, when plays break down, when they kind of go, as Lamar Jackson says, off script, who is the guy that he has the most chemistry with that he can connect with? Because you can, it's, always, it's fine when you can draw up plays, things like that, but as we know in the NFL, things break down, and Lamar Jackson is, is one of the best when you kind of have that backyard football. And what we've seen, especially over the last game, uh, Zay Flowers has been the guy to really step up kind of in those clutch situations. And so if this game is close, and I think everyone kind of expects that uh, going into that fourth quarter, I would not be surprised if Dave Flowers is the guy that, that Lamar goes time and time again uh, late in the game. Jamison, before we get a score prediction from you, I'm just curious, from the Ravens' perspective, who is the biggest concern on the Jaguars' roster? Someone on offense? Someone on defense? Uh, I, everybody, when I talked to uh, throughout throughout the week, Josh Allen was the guy uh, that that concerned them the, the most as far as uh, being able to make sure and protect Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was the guy that you know talking to all the offensive linemen. He just jumped out at them uh, out on tape, and uh, you know the, he, he's commanded a lot of respect. And they really feel like you know he he's kind of the the, the one guy they have to account for on defense and so his again when I was talking to guys in the locker room I just continually kept hearing Josh Allen's name time and time again awesome well a score prediction as well sir and uh, you know can the Ravens hold on to this number one seed throughout the duration of the rest of the regular season yeah I I think it'll come it's going to come down to the very end and uh, I believe even in these windy conditions uh, I think it's going to come down to a winning field goal Uh, and in this situation uh, I think Justin Tucker I think everyone would take Justin Tucker in those clutch situations. I see Justin Tucker, game-winning field goal at the end. Ravens win 23-20. All right. Vegas thinks it's a a three-and-a-half-point line. Jamison Hensley of ESPN says it's the Ravens by three. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Best of luck getting to the stadium, and uh, hopefully you don't blow away in this wind. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your show. Thank you. There he goes, Jamison Hensley, the ESPN Ravens reporter again. If you follow our good buddy Mike DiRocco, Jamison is his counterpart up in Baltimore. Excited to have him and, of course, the rest of the Ravens contingent here in Duval County for Sunday Night Football, the first time the Jaguars have played in the premier showcase on Sunday night on NBC since 2008. Don't go anywhere. Still a whole lot to get to on the famous automotive kickoff show right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We will head back into the locker room, but first our keys to the game coming up on the other side of this timeout right here on the Superstation. Starting your game day. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show. Live from Tailgaters Parking. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Now the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys. Fast, professional, honest locksmith service. Boy, oh boy, what an opportunity for the Jaguars tonight, hosting the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. So many folks, even some here in Duval County, counting them out. How can they get the job done and finally win a primetime game at Everbank Stadium in the year 2023? For me, Hayes, I go back to the last time the Baltimore Ravens lost a football game, which was to the Cleveland Browns, who appear, by the way, to be on the verge of their ninth victory in overtime over the Chicago Bears. The Ravens built a 17-3 lead after the first quarter in that game, but it was almost all Browns from there the rest of the way as they win that game 33-31. And while his stats don't suggest he was the player of the game per se, in talking to people around Baltimore, the biggest takeaway was that for the first time this season, a tight end was able to expose 
the Baltimore Ravens defense. Kyle Hamilton had to fill in for some other players in the secondary that were out in that game, had to move into that nickel corner spot. And because of that, he was not able to man mark the tight end, David Njoku, who, of course, also gave the Jaguars fits a week ago. And so given now that Hamilton's health is in question, I'm curious if he will be able to match up with Evan Ingram at full speed, and maybe that gives the Jaguars a bit of an edge. Yeah, it's a great call. I mean, Evan Ingram's playing at probably the highest level we've seen in his career. Last week, what was it, 12 catches on 13 targets? I mean, just sensational, uh, particularly when we contrast that with Trevor 9-27 uh, going to Ridley and Zay. So Evan Ingram is, is certainly playing. Oh, my gosh. I thought he had it. Uh, the Bears came so close to hitting a Hail Mary. But Cleveland wins 20-17. to 17. Oh, my poor Taylor Dahl. What a heartbreaker. Oh, my gosh. I think he had it in his hands. He did. DJ Moore had it in his hands, and then he bounces it off his hands and into the arms of a Bears defender after the Bears defender deflected it into oh his arms. Oh, my gosh. And then he kicked it away. Well, this may not be great radio, oh, but that folks, is a man, oh man, this is a this, yeah, and this is certainly a factor for the well. Jaguars and again, too. we're not used to this. <laughs> you got you got to indulge us. We're not used to all the one o'clock games ending. It's been while fifteen we're doing years, the Mia. Show. Let it ride. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, it's a great call on Evan Ingram. He's certainly playing at a really high level. I, you know, I Frank hit this. Doug really has made it a point all week. The biggest key for me is let's stop the self destruction for once. Can this team not self destruct for a period of a football game and and again Baltimore is super talented and they're going to make their plays but the Jaguars have gotten so bad at the mental mistakes that just week in and week out and you know Doug said look it's a problem in practice but they've got to eliminate that if they're going to pull the upset tonight I was encouraged to hear Zay say you know in, on Friday that he's seen a different level of focus this week and it's going to be needed because look I mean, the Jaguars have talent. The Jaguars have won eight games, really playing, I'd say, sloppy football for the majority of the season. If they can just clean it up, they have such an opportunity to have such a special season here. But they've got to eliminate all the mistakes. For me, it starts there. If, if this is another game with operational issues, with silly penalties, with communication issues, they've got no chance tonight. The other thing for me that sounds elementary, but it is so critical, is the run game on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. As you can already hear through our headsets, the wind is obviously raging here down at Everbank Stadium in downtown Jacksonville. So we know this is a game that while they certainly can throw the ball, they're going to have to lean on the run game. This Jaguars offense, whether you believe it's at the foot of Press Taylor, whether you believe it's Trevor Lawrence in the option game opting to throw the ball instead, cannot drop back 50 times, whether they are leading by two touchdowns or they're behind by two touchdowns. Because we've seen situations, Hayes, where it's a one-score game. Logic would suggest that Trevor should be throwing it to this electric, quote-unquote, group of playmakers, and instead they run the ball, and guess what happens? It opens up play action, and suddenly the world is at their fingertips. This is a Ravens defense, as good as it is, that gave up 114 yards on 25 carries to Kyron Williams one week ago. They can be run on, but you have to stick with it. 
And while I don't think Travis Etienne should be getting 25 carries, I do think he should get 20. I think Dearness Johnson should get somewhere between 5 and 10. I do think that also you should see some Tank Bigsby, as we talked about earlier in the program, because I think that's also critical, because you need to have a different look to your running game too. It can't just be, well, we're going to let Travis run for one yard. Okay, now it's second and nine. Now we need to throw the ball. Catch them by surprise. Open up play action. That is when Trevor looks like he's at his best, and that is when this offense looks like it's at its best. And it goes without saying on the defensive front because their motto is stop the run so we can have fun. They haven't been able to do that the last few weeks. They need to get back to it if they're to have a chance here tonight. Yeah, all great stuff, no doubt about it. And, you know, again, it's going to be really interesting to see Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. It's got the potential to be really dynamic. This is a, a unique test because of Lamar Jackson, but they've got to be disruptive tonight uh, when you do get Baltimore in bad down and distance situations. So, you know, looking forward to seeing how, how that comes together. And, you know, in regards to the ground game, try to manufacture some things through the air that, that basically is an extension of that. Let's, let's incorporate more screens tonight easy things that maybe can take advantage of Baltimore's aggressiveness. I think that when it comes to the wide receivers for the Jaguars, let's have the discussion now, Hayes. Calvin Ridley may not have run the wrong route against the Cleveland Browns, although I've been told otherwise even after what Press Taylor said Thursday, but that's besides the point. I'll let you guys have your moment. The reality is is that he and the quarterback are not on the same page. He is so intent on running his route the way he wants to, improvising the way he wants to, that therefore it is a detriment to the offense. What we need to see from the wide receivers of your Jacksonville Jaguars this week is playing within the framework of the scheme. Is that scheme too complicated? I don't know. If it is, simplify it. Is it because in pass protection they're not getting as much time as Calvin Ridley once had once upon a time in Atlanta, and so he'd rather improvise plays and let Trevor scramble outside the pocket? I don't think Matt Ryan was doing that, so I don't know if that's really the answer. But what it boils down to is that Parker Washington had almost five yards of separation compared to the 2.4 that both Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley had a week ago when it came to the receiving game. That's because he's playing within the framework of what he's told to do and because he's just utilizing his talents. He's not trying to do too much. I need to see these wide receivers, even if it's not sexy, as long as it's getting downfield and getting open and playing to their strengths, that's what I need to see, not trying to create something that may or may not be there. Yeah, Calvin Ridley is obviously the weak link from uh, understanding the concept of the offense. Uh, and and in, how are they going to get around that? I mean, you're, it's December. Clearly, he's going to struggle with it. So in, in looking at it, I almost think if you're Doug and Trevor, you know, and to some level Press Taylor, I almost think you have to bring him in and say, okay, we're wiping the slate clean. Let, okay, all the, the mistakes that have been made, forget about it, it's over, we're, we're in first place. But we've got to be on the same page moving forward. And almost have Calvin Ridley tell you, this is what I understand, this is what I can do, and go do that. I mean, at the end of the game, it, day, it is a simple game. He is an electric playmaker. I mean, he has athleticism that is rare for this level. But he is just killing them because he can't understand the concepts of the offense. I, I think they've got to, they've got to have a, a – I'm sure they did it this week, but they, they've got to really, I think, put it on Calvin to say, what are you comfortable with? We are going to focus that uh, is, the, is the main point of our passing game when it comes to getting him involved. 
Those are our keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. Before we head back into the locker room and hear from Captain Duval himself, Andrew Dewey Wingard, do you want to give you an update from those 1 o'clock games? Again, first time since 2008 we've been on the air and we have 1 o'clock slate, the witching hour underway. The Texans do come back in overtime on a walk-off field goal by Kai Fairburn to defeat the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis was injured in the final two minutes of overtime, and so another situation to monitor in Nashville. But obviously for the Texans, it's a gutsy win without C.J. Stroud, without Nico Collins, without Will Anderson. They go on the road with Case Keenum under center, not Davis Mills, and they do pull off the victory. They keep pace in the AFC South standings. They now sit at 8-6, and six, as do the Indianapolis Colts, and so that puts a little more pressure, perhaps, on the Jacksonville Jaguars this evening. Yeah, that's an amazing win for Houston, uh, particularly since they were down early. Again, Houston and Indianapolis, two first-year head coaches. You've got to give them a ton of credit. I mean, what Shane Steichen in Indianapolis and D'Amico Ryans have done in Houston is, I mean, it's nothing short of remarkable, and particularly this week, you know, with all the attrition that both teams had and to get these kind of wins in December, it's, it's unbelievable, and, and they're absolutely not going away. I, I, I thought Houston would lose today, so to me that really speaks volumes about where they're headed, and, uh, you know, we'll see about Will Levis. Obviously the Jaguars face the Titans in the finale, you know, from the sounds of what Graham was telling us, that could be a, a season ender for Will Levis, which means, you know, you're probably looking at the the veteran journeyman's probably, he's, he's been better than that. But Ryan Tannehill, a, a starter who's had a pretty decent career, but certainly seems to be at the end of it. Will he have one more magic run left in him? You heard us react live on the air to the Bears failed Hail Mary at the buzzer in overtime as the Cleveland Browns do hold on for the victory 2017 in OT over the Bears. And so they improve to 9-5 and five and keep pace in the wild card standings. And now will be, hey, if the Jaguars do pull off the win tonight, the Browns are just one game back of the Ravens as well. And so that's also a situation worth monitoring if you are a fan of the visiting team here at the bank this evening. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs winners 27-17 over the New England Patriots. The Bucks, the Jaguars opponent next week, 34-20 winners over the Green Bay Packers. Again, against all odds, the Carolina Panthers win on a walk-off field goal 9-7 up in Charlotte over the Atlanta Falcons and the Dolphins route the New York Jets 30 to nothing, officially eliminating the New York Jets from playoff contention. All right, before we get to everyone's favorite segment, it's time to head back into the Jaguars locker room one last time. I caught up with everyone's favorite cult hero, Andrew Wingard. Pleased to be joined by Jaguars safety and captain, Andrew Wingard. Last time you guys played the Ravens, obviously you played a pretty pivotal role, that three safety look. Um, you obviously don't want to probably do the same exact thing because they may be expecting that, but how do you prepare for them one year later? Uh, just same process. Um... You know, they run the ball well. They've been throwing it a lot more this year. So, um, you know, really Lamar's playing well, running it and throwing it. So, um, you know, really prepare any different. You just do the same thing and lock in and don't treat it like anything more than it is. How are they different this year compared to last year? Yeah, like I said, they're throwing the ball a lot more. Um, they're really, you know, letting Lamar kind of flourish in the way he plays the game, um, running around, kind of ad-libbing um, a little bit. He definitely has more kind of freedom and their receivers are definitely uh, playing well. They've definitely got some more, uh, you know, horses in the stable from the wide receiver aspect this year. So um, good outfit. Their first in rushing yards, is that you think contribute to him or do you see something in the running backs? Obviously knowing a couple of them are banged up. Um, you know, I think it's just a, you know, a tribute to their balance, you know, 
Um, they're able to, to do a lot of misdirection stuff, a lot of jets, a lot of you know guards pulling stuff like that with a read option involved in that. So um, I think that's what's contributing to their obviously you know good run game, but it's also opened up the pass game for them. For you guys, mindset in the locker room this week compared to last week? We're just locked in. We're locked in. We're just going to go be us. We're going to go ball out. Um, we're not going to think about anything other than doing our jobs day by day and letting the game um, come to us, you know, trusting our instincts and, and locking in, like I said. As a captain, do you take a different tone this week now that it's two losses back-to-back, or do you kind of take a, no, a note from, from Doug and just same same? You know, um, you can't really let the – obviously when you're a captain, the success and failure of the team is a little bit, you know, it feels like more which is good you know you got to grow as a man and stuff like that and when you get put in different spots um you got to rise to the occasion but the key is just to trust ourselves and and not panic you know it's you know we lost two games so what we're going to move on uh this is a week by week league with nfl players on every team and uh you know you just got to bounce back do you find guys in this locker room holding each other more accountable this year compared to a season ago um I wouldn't say – I would say that we have always held each other accountable. Um, and, you know, we're not just going to start pointing fingers and stuff when we lose games because, you know, there's mistakes that happen in victories too. So it's not like we're just going to, you know, think that the ship is sinking and stuff like that. But we've always held each other accountable. We've always, you know, hung together as a group. So um, – and we still got the same group of guys together that we had last year that had that resilience. And I think um, – you know, we have those systems built in to where we can lean on each other just like we did last year. Last one for me, what did you see from Antonio out there on Sunday? He's a dog. I mean, he's a baller. You know, you love his length. You love his his attention to detail. And he just knows how to play the game. Um, and to see him go out there and, um, you know, I'm, he got thrown in at nickel the week before and, and he went out and played nickel. Um, you know, hasn't got too many. Obviously, he's been working at it, but hasn't got too many reps. But for a guy to go out there and just be able to operate, it's really cool to see, especially from a rookie, super young guy. Um, so, you know, he's got a great future. Sky's the limit for him, and uh, happy to be his teammate. I lied. One more. What's your message to Jaguar fans that maybe um, panic? If you panic, I don't like you. So, um, look, we've lost two games, um, unfortunately. Um, you know, I'll just I'll blank that out. But we can cut we're, that we're out. dialed in. We're, we're dialed in, um, and we need you Sunday night. Those vibes on that Monday night game were unbelievable, um, and you know we just need to embrace that. And you know we're trying to embrace more of a a Jacksonville kind of mentality as a team. You know, kind of kind of rough, kind of kind of blue collar, kind of you know chip on your shoulder, kind of kind of nasty, kind of gritty stuff like that. So um, come out Sunday night. Let's rock out. You heard it there from Andrew Wingard himself. If you panic, he doesn't like you. We probably don't either. I'm speaking to you, 5600406 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. As we head towards our final segment of this famous automotive kickoff show right here at Tailgaters Parking and Growler's Bar and Grill, it's filling in very nicely, I Hayes. tell you, the energy is incredible. Yeah. I mean, the conditions aren't great. It's windy. 
but these people are out here in volume having a great time. We got some cranky fans out there that aren't believing. I think Chad and the boys from Brackish, they are believing that tonight is the night the Jaguars are going to get this thing right. They will snap a two-game skid as they host Sunday Night Football and the Baltimore Ravens for the first time since 2008. Don't go anywhere. We wrap this puppy up coming up next right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FL. Getting game day underway. Live from Tailgaters Parking. The famous automotive tire and quick lube kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch on 1010XL. Dare I say, what is that bright globe, that orb in the sky? (laughs) Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's the sun and it is rising and appearing just as our friends from Brackish Vodka join us on the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show. It's like they knew, Matthew Brookshire, that you were going to be here and serving up uh, what I believe is a new feature here on the famous automotive kickoff show. This is an honor of haze. We're going to call this the hot and hazy. Ah. The hot and hazy. Chad's going to make it. He'll explain it. Okay. But I'm here to talk about Brackish Vodka, obviously. At this point, if you know, you know, right? We're on here every week talking about Brackish Vodka. I do want to give a shout-out to the Goat Bar and Tapas out of Jack's Beach. We had our Christmas party there um, over the weekend on Friday. It was amazing. They served Brackish Vodka, and we had so much fun. I did a cold plunge the next day into the ocean when it was like <laughs> 40 degrees. Got rid of my very little bit of a hangover because Brackish doesn't give you one, and we had a great time. I just want to say thanks to them. How many employees, if you don't mind me asking, are you guys up uh, to? Because obviously you're expanding your reach, too, even beyond Jacksonville. Uh, employee-wise, with Brackish, I think there's about 10 of us, but we had about 72 people at the Christmas wow. party. Okay. Yeah, we had a good time. Massive, good time. massive crew, and, of course, Brackish is expanding beyond Duval County. Yes, we're in the Orlando market now. Uh, we're also working, hopefully this is not a secret. If it is, I'm sorry, J.D. <laughs> we're uh, moving into the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well Love with uh, Total Wine. And, of course, we're expanding um, all over Tampa. Uh, we want to go to Tampa next. And, yeah, sky's the limit. But take over Florida, Texas next, and then countrywide. Who knows? Absolutely. Tell us about the new flavors. Uh, so we've got three new flavors. If you haven't heard about them yet, we have our Elderflower, which is a uh, Amazing floral kind of sweetness with notes of peach and, uh, sorry, pear, honey, and lychee. We have our espresso vodka made with Cuban coffee beans, and we have our chocolate confessions uh, made with a Mexican chocolate style with notes of caramel, cinnamon, and milk chocolate. They're great for the holidays. They're selling out crazy, uh, like Total Wine, other local liquor stores. We're in all over the place in bars and restaurants in Jacksonville where you can try them out. You definitely need to pick some up uh, for your holiday party or go out and enjoy the holidays and drink them at you know, any restaurant of your choice. You did not make the pilgrimage to Cleveland last week. No, I did not, but Chad did, and he can <laughs> tell you something about that. Cleveland. Yes, absolutely. As yeah. Chad's now going to join us, thank you to Matt, of All course, right. and the Brackish crew as always. Thank you very much, guys. And, uh, and Chad's going to tell us a little bit more about this Brackish extended family pilgrimage last week to Cleveland, which oh, I'm yeah. sure has only fired you up more for the Jaguars to get off the schneid and get a victory here today. I have never been barked in my face so much in my entire <laughs> life. I'm ready for a win today. Yeah, 100%. We need 100%. All right, walk us through the hot and hazy. What about that hot and hazy? I love huh? it. Don't you yeah, love it? Love All right, so we got it. the elderflower today. So we just literally came up with this right this morning. Good. So we're going. We're trying to get a new streak going. So here we go. We're going to try this one out. So we're going to get an ounce and a half of the elderflower. Right here. And now for those of you who are just listening and not watching on YouTube, we have the lime garnish. We also have jalapenos. Yes, jalapenos. Because we got, you know, got to get a hot haze. Hot yeah. and hazy. Hot and What'd hazy. What be a hot and hazy without a little heat? I like it. All right, so then we're going to come in with a little bit of lemonade. And we're going to go all almost, almost halfway up. 
And we're gonna come back with a little bit of ginger beer, and then we're gonna, so it's gonna have a nice little, it's got a little kick, but also a little sweet, so the, the heat cuts it, and so, you know, it's it's awesome. We've all tried it. It's amazing. I love it. Oh, so you have already had the hot and hazy. Oh yeah, we've already had the hot and hazy. Okay. Plus, we want to see how Hayes takes a shot down with the uh, it takes a drink down with the uh, jalapeno in it. Let's do it. It's a, little, right. it's a little thing. Is it something that you can chug? Well, we're chugging it today, so yeah. um, I'm going to remove my jalapeno because oh. I'm not gangster like he is. Okay, but but Carlion's going to go with the jalapeno. Here we go. All right. And There's the mine. lime. Here's here they go, it. boys. Cheers. To our friends Cheers. at Brackish and our friends at Growler's Bar and Grill, and here they go. This is the reason you watch this show on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, folks. And if you're not, we'll be back here in two weeks. This is why you come visit us if you're tailgating, because here they go, chugging the hot and hazy, the latest from Brackish Vodka. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We love that one. That one's amazing. Love it. All right, baby. Great job. If you yeah. weren't fired up for I'm a Jaguars honored. victory, this yes. does it. Yes, and we need this one, man. The I Ravens feel have like, a problem. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Any specials, Growlers Bar and Grill tonight? Today we're going to do the uh, Hot and Hazy 100%, and um, we're going to feature that for a two-for-one during the game. Okay. We're also going to do the uh, Jags drink shot. If you're coming here and you don't have tickets, come on down, man. we got plenty of sausages, hot dogs, hamburgers. we got a full-on um, a, um, a beer pong t uh, game going on, and we're going to do a bunch of stuff during the game. So we're going to be – we're out here partying all night. And you've got the TV going too. And oh, I yeah. know that this is like – we keep saying it, but this is a new sensation for us, having games that kick off before a 1 o'clock kick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of kind of wild to watch all the all the other games and kind of rooting for the teams. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Score prediction. Ooh, I think it's going to be tight. Um our Raven, the Ravens reporter, Jameson Hensley, our thanks again to him who joined us, right. has the Ravens with a walk-off field goal by Justin Tucker. Uh-uh. No, Jaguars up by a touchdown. I'm going to say 28-21. 28-21. Okay. Last second touchdown, just like last year. There it is from Chad. Of course, you could stop by and see Chad and the whole gang at Growler's Bar and Grill. You guys are here through the game. Oh, yeah. We're going to be here until they kick us out or until we stop selling liquor at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Tailgaters parking. Be sure to stop on by even if you're not making your way to the game. And the hot and hazy. It is the special. You're going to want to stop by and try it. And actually, I'm surprised as Chad makes his way off our set. I'm surprised, boys. It's not as spicy as I was anticipating with those jalapenos. Uh, Casey Dobson, uh, do we need to send one back to 1010XL World Headquarters for you? Yeah, if you don't mind, and I was going to give him an idea, too. I mean, he could start another one for me because, I mean, Hayes, I don't want to take the spotlight from you, but we could get one called the Crazy Casey. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's, let's go. Okay, well, while we have you on the line, and before we go around the National Football League and get everybody caught up on those 1 o'clock scores and make our final score predictions, Casey, do you have a prediction for the Jaguars-Ravens game tonight? Oh, man, so I did Compton and Company this week, and they asked me who was I picking, and unfortunately, Mia Hayes, I went with the Ravens. I just mm. I see their stats. I see their defense. I see the fact that they've only given up 19 touchdowns. We are terrible in the red zone. I don't know what our play calling is doing. I, I need to – it's Sunday. It's Sunday night. I am ready to be brought back to the belief. So, Jaguars, prove it to me. But right now i got the Ravens winning by two touchdowns. All right. So, Casey's not feeling as hot about the Jaguars. I do see Charles on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures who says, after hearing Dewey Wingard, he feels better, a feeling of serenity, if you will, and is wearing his Lucky Jags T-shirt. We need some more Charleses out there because it's kind of wacky to think about Hayes, that it was a little over a year ago, 13 months ago, 
the last time the Ravens came to town, the Jaguars were three and seven, and a lot of people left them for dead. A similar feeling almost, despite the fact that they're eight and five. It, it, it is striking because it's it's been a successful year to this point, and they are struggling. But look, Cincinnati and Cleveland, I don't think they're as bad as, as people thought with these backup quarterbacks, Browning and Flacco. So look, the NFL has been strange all season. Buffalo was the team to beat early. Then they, they slipped off. It, it's happened. San Francisco's had their moment after they slumped. You just it's, – it's hard to count on anything. As soon as you think you've got this league figured out, it switches on you. That has to be your belief tonight if you're the Jaguars, that you can go and beat the team that's now been anointed as one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL, certainly in the AFC. So, look, the Ravens are due for a bad game. That's, I think, the hope tonight is that the Jaguars can eliminate their self-inflicted mistakes and get a win over what is statistically – the Ravens are a monster, but no one in this league is unbeatable. They were a monster the last time they right. came into Everbank Stadium last November, and we saw what happened from there. Since you brought up the Buffalo Bills, Hayes, uh, that game is currently in progress up in Buffalo, out in western New York, and the Bills in front of the Cowboys 7 nothing. The Cowboys did clinch a playoff spot earlier today by virtue of a couple other teams losing and winning, and so that one we will monitor. The Rams, meanwhile, up 3 nothing on the Washington Commanders, and the 49ers only up 14 to 10 on the Arizona Cardinals wow. in the 4 o'clock window. We'll wrap up the 1 o'clock hour for you now after yesterday's results. Uh, so let's begin with that. We, we know what happened on Thursday night between two teams that probably aren't going to be in the postseason. But 49 nothing at half turns into a 63-21 victory for the Las Vegas Raiders. Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco both fired on Friday morning. And the Los Angeles Chargers are looking ahead to clearing house, potentially a rebuild. Wild to think because they were here in this calendar year at Everbank Stadium, and at that point, Hayes, they were another team that so many believed was the next one that was going to ascend in the National Football League. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's going to be a fascinating coaching search because that should demand a big-name hire. You have to think that's the job everybody's going to have circled because of Justin Herbert, who will turn 26 in March, to be able to coach the Chargers during the prime of his career is going to be very attractive. I think that's where Belichick's coaching next year. Really? That's your, that's your official, you believe Bill Belichick will be out in L.A.? Yes. Okay. All right. Take that one to the bank, folks. That's a heck of a prediction. We'll get Hayes' score prediction for the Jags and the Ravens here in a second. Yesterday's games with the Bengals winning 27-24 over the Vikings, the Colts winners over the Steelers, and the Lions demolished the Broncos. Meanwhile, in the 1 o'clock slate today, we've talked about these two at length, the Browns prevailing 2017 in overtime over the Bears. The Titans fall and just let a 13-3 lead slip away at the hands of Case Keenum and the Houston Texans who improve 2-8-6 with a 19-16 overtime win the Bucks Chiefs Saints Panthers and Dolphins also winners in the one o'clock hour today Graham Marsh how are we feeling about the yes, Jaguars yes, yes. and the Ravens in tonight's finale of this week 15 I guess there is Monday Night Football but the the final game of this Sunday I think vibes are high I think Hayes Carline just said it a minute ago I think the law of averages comes into play a little bit with this game the uh the Ravens have been really hot lately the Jaguars on a little bit of a skid obviously and Hayes just said it. Once you think you have this league figured out, it proves to you that you do not have it figured out. Um, so I think that plays a little bit in the Jaguars' favor tonight. I think that there's going to be a huge chip on their shoulder to right some of the wrongs uh, that have happened recently and on big stages this year. Uh, I think Walker Little being uh, back is a huge factor that, um, again, I think is going to play its way out. 
And, uh, yeah, I like the good guys uh, tonight, 27-21, Jaguars. Hayes Carlion? I've got the Ravens 28-20. to I just To me, it's a, it's a game of matchups, and there's very few matchups in this game that I trust for the Jaguars. I think they're going to have difficulty blocking the Ravens, so I don't think the ground game is, is really going to do a whole lot. That's going to put too much on Trevor. Uh, he can't really trust Calvin Ridley, so I think that's an issue. The Ravens will cover Evan Ingram because – as of last week, that was really the only thing you had to be concerned about. And I think as you look at defensively for the Jaguars, they'll do some good things. But I think Zay Flowers will be a problem. Lamar Jackson will be a problem. So I've got a 28-20. Baltimore would love to be wrong. I have the Ravens 28-25, akin to Jamison Hensley's prediction of a walk-off field goal for Justin Tucker. Although Eric on the text line just sent us a picture of the Grinch that will be in the front row of the north end zone. And now I'm wondering if the Jaguars are going to steal this one and he will steal Christmas as well. That will do it from the famous automotive and quick loop kickoff show brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Gatorade Fast Twitch. Our thanks to Tailgaters Parking for hosting as always. Our thanks to Frank Frangie and Jamison Hensley of ESPN for joining us as well. For Graham Marsh, for producer Casey Dobson back at 1010 XL World Headquarters, for our friends at Brackish Vodka and for Hayes Carlion, I am Mia O'Brien. The Public Stalegate Show with Brian Sexton and friends comes up next right here on the Superstation. We will catch you later.